0: welcome everyone to our weekly discussion podcast my name is pastor kyle and
1: i'm pastor holly
0: pastor holly uh you you may have to uh (laughs) keep me awake this morning (laughs) wow it's a little brutal
1: yeah i think i i walked in and you were like yawning and stretching and uh it's like 8 30 in the morning yeah so (laughs) This is weird. Like it's I've known unusual. you for a while now. I don't think I've ever seen you yawn.
0: No, and I'm a morning person. I love mornings. I mean, I yeah. think we've said before, I get up really early right. and exercise. But uh yeah, I'm tired these last couple of days. I have this is I think my second or third, you know, twelve ounce coffee yeah. this morning.
1: And it's not the last, it's, is it's it? It's not
0: the last. <laughs> And it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not working.
1: Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so Stronger coffee. We
0: have, uh, we, th- it's really, it's really fun. It's been fun, but it's, it, it, or it was fun. Uh, it, but uh, last, this last week, we had all of my siblings. Yeah. And uh, all of their kids at our house. Uh, we called it cousin camp.
1: I love that. Yeah. It's
0: so fun. So there's a, there's about 20 people. Yeah. In our house. Most of them children. And uh, we actually ran it like a camp.
1: Yeah. Oh, fun. We had
0: uh, camp orientation. We had <laughs> worship and devotionals. We had activities. Yeah. Just every day was structure. Structured. My sister-in-law made this incredible like daily schedule. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, it it a lot of fun.
1: That's amazing. But I'm tired. Uh, yes. Because yes. the
0: <laughs> we we just didn't we don't have enough rooms in the house or beds, so most of the families slept outside in tents oh fun which was really fun in the backyard yeah which we could finally do because it was actual summer
1: summer finally arrived yes uh actually right on schedule like yeah. day one of summer right but what happened in the pacific northwest is we just went from winter to summer yeah exactly spring, Completely yeah, no skipped spring. spring
0: yeah so, but all of that meant that kids sleeping out in the in the intense, yeah. especially young kids, yeah. they just didn't sleep.
1: No, we no, were no. up
0: at all hours of the night,
1: uh, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. Well, I don't you've uh you've been a youth pastor uh, mm-hmm. in previous ministry years and yep. uh, and and I've been a kid's pastor, so we've both run camps. Yes, and if I remember correctly, um running camp is the most exhausting <laughs> week ever yes so yeah i'll bet i'll yeah, bet you're, you tired. you've been tired yeah but it's
0: but it's, it was really 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 fun i don't know that we have all been together like this in years and years and years yeah. so it's great
1: that's so fun what cool memories yeah. are your, your kids and really cool siblings and uh if your sister-in-law wants to come and structure my kids <laughs> yeah summer, uh i'd be all for it i'll ask yeah. her <laughs>
0: yeah oh it's so great now it's just recover time right yeah <laughs> oh. more coffee yeah more coffee exactly well, Pastor Holly, we are uh jumping into the third week of our summer psalm series. And uh I we're looking at a very unique and really cool psalm. Yeah. Uh this last this last Sunday is what we, we focused on. Psalm ninety.
1: Yeah, yeah, I do like I like this psalm. I like uh we'll get into it more, but I like the way that it's like starting something new and yet completely ties in with all previous uh
0: Yeah. Songs. Right, it's it's really fun. And I love how I love these kind of connections where the uh, the scripture will connect different stories from within the scripture yeah. and provides depth and meaning and context. Uh, the Bible actually works like that all the time.
1: It does. We just
0: don't always know that.
1: Right. That is the one of the coolest things I think about scripture is that the more you read it, the more you uh, dive into it, the more you'll see those connections. I was just talking to my kids about this recently, as um, my daughter was asking about, you know, different books of the Bible and who wrote it and when and kind of that, um, that historical structure. And, and we were talking about how it connects and um, and just how cool that is, like – the the ties between all the different books, even throughout centuries and centuries and different authors and different cultures. I know we've mentioned it here, too. Yeah. It's really cool.
0: Yeah, it is really cool. So, I mean, we just want to, if this is what, you know, we, part of the reason we do this podcast is connected to our biblical teaching, uh, uh, Discipleship Pathway Step, just want to encourage you at every opportunity we can to dive into studying the scripture. Yeah explore these connections and that kind of stuff, because it will just make the Bible come alive. It's so cool. Like this coffee is trying to help me do right now. Thanks, Cousin Camp.
1: But more effectively. But yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) much more effectively because of the Holy Spirit. That's right. (laughs) Yes.
1: Just even more powerful than caffeine.
0: Oh, that's amazing. I mean, how is that even possible? It's like
1: a terrible bumper sticker. Yeah. (laughs)
0: We should, that's what we should do. Just comb our podcast for terrible bumper sticker ideas. Yeah, I'm sure there's lots.
1: Sure, I'm sure we come up with all sorts of really awful one liners.
0: But what's not a terrible bumper sticker is Psalm 90 transition.
1: Wow, he's a professional, ladies and gentlemen. I I was trained. I think
0: that's the second week we said that. That's
1: right. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I think that might mean we're relying on it a little too yeah, much. Yeah, probably. yeah, probably. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: <laughs> so great. So Psalm 90 is really unique and cool because it is uh, probably the oldest psalm in the book of Psalms. It's attributed to Moses. Yeah. Which, yeah, I mean, that's early Old Testament.
1: Yeah, super early.
0: Super but, yeah. early. Yeah, so Psalm ninety is really cool because uh, it it's it's unique. Uh, also, not just that it's attributed to Moses, but it is the beginning of a new section of Psalms in the Book of Psalms. So the Book of Psalms is separated. You you can see this in your Bible, but it's separated into smaller groupings. Uh, and the Psalm ninety is the beginning of the fourth section. Uh, and yeah, so it's really cool that it works like that. It's kind of this kind of transition in thought and feel and. Um, a new a new section of uh, of psalms,
1: yeah, yeah, if it were a play, it would be act four, yeah, yeah scene one, right? yes yeah.
0: <laughs> well, and so the the transition between these two books, books three and book four in in the book of Psalms is important to realize, and so in the message we kind of talk a little bit about the context of psalm eighty nine because it's important to know how that ends so that we know kind of we can actually sense and feel and understand this shift, yeah. Uh, that happens in Psalm 90. So Psalm 89 is uh, is a psalm that is, is essentially kind of talking about reflecting on the destruction of Jerusalem, the Babylonians' destruction of Jerusalem and the uh, the exile
1: there. Right. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, people of Judah had been exiled in the uh, Babylonian Empire for 70 years, had changed hands and so forth, but this is the... Um, kind of looking back on that, and where was God, and what happened? Yeah, and it's a, it's a more of a lament.
0: Yeah, it is a lament. So, book the book three, just before we start in Psalm ninety, is really characterized by a lot of psalms of lament and kind of these larger questions about who God is, where is He, what is He doing, especially when it feels like everything's going real wrong. Yeah, yeah. So that's the context of Psalm 89 at the ending of book three. And then we get to Psalm 90. And this is where it gets really cool. Pastor Hal. we were talking about this a little bit earlier because it's attributed to Moses. Yeah, I kind of feel like, and a lot of the commentators I read this last week said that they, they kind of feel like Psalm 90 is this like resetting. Yeah, It's like a deep breath. Okay, we just came from this really like difficult season. Things are going wrong. Let's step back and try to get some perspective. Yeah. And so Psalm 90 is like this deep breath and this question. What is God like? What was God like, especially before all this stuff happened? Let's just step back and take a broader view and ask this question. What is God like now? Yeah. What was God like before all of this, before the influence of David, before everything? Let's go all the way back to the beginning. What is God like? And then this question also what will God be like in the future.
1: Right. Yeah, I love the I love the questions. I think it's it's quite literally the end of a chapter in uh in the history of of Israel and starting this new. And that is so important to be able to look back and ask that question, what was God like? And then I think also a fundamental question at that point is and does God change? Yeah. Um and if the answer is no, that God remains the same, which we see throughout Scripture, we see in his own direct promises, then um, then what we saw God doing in the past and the character of God in the past is what can uh, propel us forward and give us hope for, for hope for now and hope for the future as yes, well. Yes,
0: absolutely. That's what Psalm 90 does, especially when you think about who who it's attributed to? Yeah, Moses. Yeah. So I love this is that connection piece that we were talking about, which I love this that there is this connection because it's because Psalm ninety is attributed to Moses. There's this connection now between these two major events in the life of God's people in the biblical narrative, Moses, yeah, and the Exodus, uh, and the Babylonian exile that happens much later. Right. So you have these two primary biblical events. And you're asking this large question over all of those things right (laughs) so it's like moses we need some help man yeah like you've been through a a national traumatic experience right oh we need your insight
1: what does moses have to say about this what what happened when our people went through something like this before right yeah
0: isn't that a great i love the context of the question isn't that cool i love that and I'm, i'm not sure it's one that we often and even in our spiritual lives ask When we're maybe, I mean, maybe we, the context of those questions for us might be our own unique life. What was God like 10 years ago when I was going through something? What's he like now? What what will he be like? But uh, the scripture kind of calls us to this larger kind of
1: question. I think that gives us a much greater perspective. It's good to look back on our own experience, right? And to see those milestones and to see those uh the, the scripture refers to them as stones of remembrance yeah. right like looking back and seeing what what god has done in our own lives but as you were talking about last week um god has a much bigger perspective than we do and it's so cool to be able to look back and kind of it kind of connects us i think to the ongoing story of scripture and yeah. the work of god in uh, in his people and in the history of the world um we're part of that. Yes. And so to be able to see how God has worked and moved and been faithful in years past in in millennia past, right? And ha- and continues to do so. And we can see that in scripture and then throughout um even the history of the of of God's people in the church as well. Yeah. yeah.
0: And that I think as this our hope in this which is that we as we're looking at these scriptures as we're talking about these questions connecting these two events that we, whether as individuals, as maybe a local church, even the people of God, find ourselves in this story uh, and be able to ask these questions uh, along with Scripture. Uh, this, Because it's Scripture is, is not—this uh, is our story, too. Yeah, yeah. And so essentially, the psalmist asking this question on behalf of God's people at this time, he's essentially also helping us ask that same question. He's asking the question for us. Yeah. So I, we are hoping that, that you can find yourself in this story, whatever the circumstances that you're going through in your life.
1: Right, and I think that can be, uh, you know, personally or even bigger picture. Yeah. When we're looking at um, at how the. At how the people how the psalmist in psalm ninety um is is reflecting or or rather on psalm eighty nine is reflecting on um the exile and all of that and then we move into psalm ninety and see well well how did Moses address this in yeah. his day and in his circumstances. I, I just am reminded of even where we are in our world today, where have we have just come from and perhaps are still in um a really difficult few years uh worldwide yes. like globally and uh and just to be able to kind of step back and say okay all right we we've We've come through this. There are still repercussions. There are still, um, it's still, we're, we're still kind of shaking with the um, the results of this pandemic and other things that have happened in our world. All the political
0: um, upheaval the and upheaval. the conversations that started.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In our country, I mean, in the United States, and then globally as well, with right. with wars and yes. um, and humanitarian crises and all sorts of things going on. Uh, I think to be able to step back and say, okay, what was what is God like? Yeah. What is the character of God? What did God do? How did God act prior to this and uh, and can we trust him to to do it again? Yeah, right
0: yeah. yeah. And so what does Moses say? and I love this. We, there's there's a number of things that he says. This is a pretty significant incredible psalm. go read it, read it over and over. Uh, but we just want to kind of pull out kind of three things that Moses says about God that I think are important for this reflection. The first thing that Moses says is that God is like a home. Mm-hmm. So in the actual uh, scripture, um, it says, and I got to find it here, sorry. Uh, the, uh, right, away, Right away, Psalm 90 verse 1, the Lord through all the generations, I love that, the Lord through all the generations, yeah. you have been our home before the mountains were born, before You gave birth to the earth and the world from beginning to end. You are God. Uh, Which, think about who's saying this. Think about who's writing this. And the very first thing he says about God's character and nature in this larger question is that God is like our home. Yeah. Moses (laughs) was essentially a perennial wanderer. Oh, yeah. Someone who did not have a home
1: didn't belong anywhere didn't belong anywhere yes in, even within um, his own family even right. within his adopted family uh, his culture of birth his culture of, of upbringing uh, no he never had a home never
0: had a home got kicked out of Egypt yeah lived in the desert trying to figure out his place in the world God calls him to go you know go back to Egypt and free his people and what right. do they do they wander for years yeah in the desert and then at the very end of his story, He doesn't get to go into the home that God had for his people.
1: Right. Right. If we were to look back on Moses' life and say that his calling was to lead uh, God's people into freedom, uh, which is pretty clear that that was was his purpose, he didn't get to experience it uh, ever.
0: Right. And so for him to pen, the first thing he says here in this is that God is like our home. Yeah. Wow, that's you know that's coming from a place of experience. Yes, that he has had to find a home yeah. in God because he didn't have a home in any other kind of normal standard.
1: Right. Yes, and then for this to uh, to be the psalm that that uh, is reflected upon after the Babylonian exile, where the people of Israel, and the people of Judah, had. Lived in their homeland, this promised land that Moses never entered, had lived there now for hundreds of years. Yeah. And then it was uh, taken, or rather, they were taken from it yeah. and, and exiled and no longer allowed to live in what had been promised to them as their home. And right. now they are homeless again. Homeless
0: again. again. Yeah. Oh, I just, it's so powerful to me what he says here and how he starts this. And so, you know, I, I immediately think to myself, what is that like for us today? What are you experiencing? I mean, maybe you, you have a home, you you live in a place, you know, right. you live in America, we have an, a cultural identity, a national identity, but maybe because of your circumstances, you are feeling unsettled, alone. Yeah. You don't know where to turn. Like you mentioned, Pastor Holly, this is the context of, of uh, this uh, is right after all of the this crazy chaos that just upsets and unsettles everything. Yeah. The first thing that he says is okay. You, you aren't unsettled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have a home in God, and the word here I love it. Uh, it it uh, it means a place to abide. And we've talked about that word abide before, like in John chapter fifteen. I yeah. love how all these themes connect throughout the scripture too, which is just rooted uh, a, a a dwelling place, a place of belonging, uh, a place of protection and shelter a place that meets your deepest needs. That's the idea of home here in the Bible, and it's connected from the Old Testament all the way to the New Testament. And Moses is saying, that's who God is for you.
1: That's so comforting in our world today uh because again having come through these last few years it's so easy to feel I think I think a lot of us feel yeah. kind of homeless right. kind of untethered uh maybe we don't have a political home some people feel yeah. like they don't have a, a church home a church right. community um maybe there's even been distance placed between us and our our families yes. our uh, uh the, the people that we that we love the most and and that is a very unsettling feeling, and not necessarily in a good way. We right. talk about being unsettled by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is being unsettled by the circumstances of the world. That's right. And the thing that then settles our hearts and brings us that um, that sense of abiding yeah. is, is God. It's God.
0: We could talk about that forever. Yeah. I love that one. And that actually, John 15 has always been a really powerful uh, chapter for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I just love the way that that connects here to the Old Testament. So we could say more about that, but let's, we'll continue. Uh, the next thing that we find, I think, in Psalm 90 is this, and this is kind of this humbling experience where in Psalm 90, it talks about who we are compared to God. So there's no, no question, we are like dust yeah. uh, compared to God. Like, like uh, uh, yeah, well, it says, you know, maybe we live 70 to 80 years, you know. <laughs> right. That's the, li- the span of our life. God is eternal. Right. God is timeless. God is the creator uh, of all that is, and we're mortal. Our lives are short. Uh, God's perspective is eternal, but ours is finite. Right. We've talked. We even talked about this a little bit last week. Mm-hmm. That when our, perspe- our perspective can get very narrow based on our circumstances, God doesn't. God's perspective doesn't narrow. Um, he sees it all. Right. He knows it all, uh, and he has the bigger picture of what's happening in our lives and in the world. And so we can trust him to lead us, guide us, empower us, and direct our steps. Yeah. So there's this, that's like the main, like two-thirds of the middle of this psalm is all about that. Right. Like, okay, people, you need to realize who you are compared to God. You're nothing. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. And and as it should take up so much space, right? It's like Moses is trying to put in as many adjectives as he can yeah. to describe the greatness of God, and there's, there just aren't adequate words. Right. right. Yeah. But I love that connection between the first part that God is home, so we have this like sense of of comfort and safety and belonging, and then moves right into, and this is the this is the person that is our home. Right here, he, here he is in his greatness and his majesty and his glory beyond anything we can comprehend. And by the way, that's your home. Yeah, that's just amazing.
0: It's just amazing. I love it. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, so again, we could say a lot more about that, but I just want to encourage you to go read that. Uh, some of the and dive into like maybe some you know some further study about this because some of the wording here uh, might be a little hard to read. And I love how Scripture works like that sometimes, where it does it it doesn't shy away from conviction. It doesn't yeah. shy away from things that are unsettling. It talks about God in pretty significant ways, it's like for example, it says seventy years have been given to us. Some even live to eighty. Uh, but even the best years are filled with pain and trouble. Soon they disappear, and we fly away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, who, who can comprehend the power of your anger? He's talking to. He's asking that question of God, and that's essentially like righteous anger. We talked right. about God's shaking the mountains and the earth right. uh, in His anger last week, but that was righteous anger. Um, your wrath is awesome as uh, as the fear you deserve. These are all positive characteristics of God's power. So, yes. You just have to try to work through some of that language. Yeah. It, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. They're images of of power yeah, and exactly. of strength. Yeah. And they're just some some cultural differences in the way we understand yes. those words. Yes. Yeah. yes,
0: So we get to the end of the psalm here, and I love how Moses ends this because one of the questions I think that, you know, people were asking maybe even in Moses' day and certainly in the Babylonian exile is God, where are you? Yeah. Like and what are you doing? Have you given up on us? Have you given up on on your promise to be in relationship with us? Like are you just done with the covenant? Right, right. <laughs> and so Moses uses this term here at the end, uh, unfailing love. He says, "Take pity on your servants. Satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love, so that we may sing for joy to the end of our lives." Oh man, I love that. Yeah. So this word, unfailing love, was actually used in the previous psalm, in Psalm eighty-nine, in a really powerful way as well. Uh, but this word unfailing love can also be translated as loving-kindness, and that word is almost always in the Old Testament connected to the idea of God's commitment to his covenant.
1: Yes. Yeah, which is steadfast and never-ending, right? And and I think um, this is so interesting to me because throughout the Old Testament – um we see god's covenant to his with his people and then we see um, what looks like broken covenant like well god there you made this covenant this of steadfast love and yet there's an slavery and yet there's wandering and yet there's exile what's going on and the way that the um the jewish people understood this uh was that uh god was steadfast and eternal and that they had broken the covenant, that they had stepped away. But the amazing thing about God and his steadfast love is that it it doesn't change. He's always there, and so you can always step back into uh, the love of his covenant and and the steadfastness.
0: That's so well said. That invitation that grace-filled, overabundant uh, grace yeah. uh, invitation is always available to us. Yes. That's the beauty of the story of the gospel. That is the gospel.
1: That is the gospel. And it's not a, a forced thing. It's right. like we're not coerced into this relationship or yeah. into this covenant, but it's always available. It's
0: always available. And that is, I mean, you summed up essentially the story of the Bible really well there, which is the story of the Bible is God's Intended relationship with humanity, his ongoing commitment to that relationship, and humanity's ongoing rejection of that, breaking of that uh, relationship, and then God continues to offer rescue and and renewal and redemption. Yes,
1: (laughs) Yes. always drawing us back in. Uh, If there is a fickleness in this story, it's always on the part of us.
0: Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I just love how this ends. So God is our home in when you don't know what's going on with everything feels like it's going down god is our home god is all powerful he sees what we can't we're finite you know we're like dust yeah. uh uh in terms of you know the the length of our life and all that kind of stuff and uh, god's love to us is significant his commitment to this relationship is never ending so you're going to be okay yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's like a really bad way to like summarize the whole thing and i don't want to be dismissive uh but the levels and layers of God's interaction here to us with us are are incredible.
1: Yes, God will remain steadfast, and His greatness has never changed. Yes, so we're gonna be okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Maybe that's hopefully that can be encouraging to you yeah. today. Uh, and you know, it's not steadfast for me <laughs> <laughs> the way that this coffee is not waking me up. I I'm so glad that I thought, man, I I. Might not make it through this today, but I did.
1: But you did. Still, you. still, uh, sitting upright. I'm good.
0: even drinking bad church coffee right now. Oh wow! Because we ran out of coffee oh, at you the house. Are really tired. Yeah.
1: Wow. It's <laughs> like oh man.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. God is steadfast.
1: God is God steadfast. Is God is steadfast. We need better coffee. Okay. Bye. Yeah. <laughs>